0: Hope is the belief that you can play an active role in crafting a future for yourself that is brighter and better than your past. This is the eighth episode of the MAPS Method series. MAPS is our system, our roadmap for turning good intentions into successful and sustained action. The acronym stands for M, motivation, A, assessment. P, planning, and S, skills. Hi, I'm Michael C. Patterson with MindRamp. In this episode, we move to the final phase of the MAPS method, which addresses skills for sustainability. We will start by focusing on goals and willpower. The core motivation we talk about is the quest for qual longevity, the hope and confidence that we can live a long life, longevity, coupled with quality of life a life filled with happiness, meaning, and purpose. I want to set the stage with a short discussion of hope. I recently came across a a description of hope that struck me as being consistent with our MAPS approach. Authors Casey Gwynn and Chan Hellman have written a book called Hope Rising, How the Science of Hope Can Change Your Life. They give this definition of hope, which I paraphrased at the top of the episode. They say that hope is the belief that your future can be brighter and better than your past, and that you actually have a role to play in making it better. What I find interesting is the second part of this definition, the idea that hope involves a sense of agency, action, and power. Hope goes beyond simply wishing for a brighter future. Hope rises when we see a path leading towards the kind of future that we want for ourselves. Hope is a motivating and empowering emotion because it leads to agency, planning, and action. Psychologist Rick Snyder, who is considered the first hope scientist, described three components of hope that make it different from simple wishing. The three conditions are goals, pathways, and agency. All three of these components are necessary to activate the power of hope. So let's take a Quick look at each of these components. First, goals. Hope is about intention. When we believe that our future can be brighter and better than the past, we can take the next step and establish a goal to make that future a reality. When we envision a future that looks different from the past, we can envision the gap that we need to traverse to get from here to there. So we begin to define the journey we need to take to realize our brighter future. So that brings us to pathways. Once we have a sense of the journey before us, we can begin to map out the sequence of steps that we will need to take. We need to visualize how to construct a bridge that will span the gap and will link our present state to our desired future state. We have to be able to say, I can get there from here and believe it. The pathway is a compass reading that heads you in the right direction and more specifically a step-by-step plan that tells you where to place your next step and then the one after that and so on. That brings us to the third component which is agency. Agency refers to that feeling that you have control over your own actions and and power to take action. It refers to the motivation and drive to get you started on your path to the future and it involves the grit, perseverance, and willpower needed to keep moving forward until your journey is complete and successful. So the skill of hope is really a package of multiple skills that help you get smart goals, develop effective action plans to realize your goals, and to cultivate the perseverance, grit, and willpower you need to see your plan through to success. I want to talk a bit more about goal setting and review the idea of setting SMART goals. Many of you have probably heard about SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T. SMART is an acronym that is used to remember a number of important characteristics of effective goals. Well, MindRamp has extended the concept a bit and talks about SMART-er goals, adding an E-R to the acronym to describe two additional qualities of effective goals. Goal-setting is an integral aspect of hope and the process of effecting positive change. But not all goals are created equal. Some are more effective and powerful than others, so it helps to set SMART goals. The SMART acronym is commonly attributed to management guru Peter Drucker, although other authors and researchers have tinkered with the concept. Here we offer our version of SMART goals, including, as I mentioned, two additional elements. Smarter goals. So the S stands for specific. Your goal should be as specific as possible, including what, who, where, and when type of information. So, what specifically are you going to do? Who is going to do it? Where will it be done? Uh, when does it need to be completed? You might include why as well. What's your motivation, your emotional drive? Why is it important? How will it help you? M stands for measurable. Your goal should have a way to measure achievement so that you can track your progress and so that you can demonstrate to yourself and to others that you are succeeding as planned. So, for example, you might decide to send 10 emails each day for a week. That's nice and quantifiable and measurable. You can keep track of that. You might set milestones, the steps along the way so that you know when you've achieved each step. For example, if you need to build a bench, first you need to draw a design, then you need to purchase the wood and the screws, then you need to screw the pieces together, then you need to buy some stain, and then you need to stain the wood. Each of those is a milestone that is measurable and can help you chart your progress. A, and smarter, is achievable. Your goal should be actionable. It should be challenging, but also possible, given your current resources, time, energy, skills, and learning. If your goal is too hard, you will struggle and become discouraged. On the other hand, if your goal is too easy, you will become bored and distracted. So what you're looking for is that nice sweet spot of flow. That's that spot where you have just enough resources, if you stretch yourself a bit, to meet the challenge. R stands for relevant. Your goal should be relevant to you personally, to your personal values and needs. It should be of value to other people as well. I mean, no one wants to be engaged in useless, busy work, so don't create irrelevant goals. Each step you take should clearly lead you closer to your goal, and the ultimate goal should clearly be important and useful. T is time-bound. Your goal should include a time frame. Of when different tasks are due to be completed and when the entire goal should be achieved. Set deadlines for yourself, real or or self imposed. Establish a benign stressor uh, through this deadline that motivates you to take action. Time bound also involves sequencing. I mean, some tasks need to be completed before others can be initiated. So, smart goals naturally turn themselves into plans. Map out as best you can the sequence of activities or steps that you need to take in order to get from here to there, in order to bridge that gap. Then there are those two components that we have added, turning SMART goals into SMARTER goals. E is Evaluated. Your goals need to be evaluated on a regular basis to see if you're meeting the measurements and the, the timelines that you set. Are things turning out the way that you expected them to? And then R stands for revisions and, or revised Effective goals and plans they generate are fluid and flexible. If your performance is falling short in any of these areas, you may need to revise the specifics of the goal and the plan to to keep it in line with actual performance. If you're getting discouraged and running out of steam, take another look at whether your goals are still achievable and relevant. Timelines always need to be adjusted, and you may need to alter your approach to see if you can improve your performance. There are a few goal setting rules of thumb that I want to mention. One is make sure that your timeline includes both long range and short term goals. You do have long range objectives that you want to get to, but you get there by making short term goals, these little steps that take you along the journey. Set what I'll call approach goals. These state what you want to achieve, not what you want to avoid. So they're framed in a positive way. As we said, set goals that are challenging but attainable. Set yourself up to achieve that flow state. Set learning goals before setting performance goals. There are certain goals that you need to do in order to learn the skills that are necessary to get you to the next step. Make sure you do those before you try to put them into action you know, and set performance goals. So set sub-goals to learn the skills and to acquire the knowledge that will enable you to achieve your goal. Building a bench, for example, you need to know what you're doing each step of the way before you can actually do it. Now, in the MindRamp playbook, we have a description of these smarter goals and a a worksheet you can use to guide you through each component as you set your qual longevity goals. Willpower. Remember we suggested that hope has three essential components, goals, pathways, and agency. We just talked a bit about setting smarter goals. The pathways are the strategies and tactics that animate your plan of action. And then the third element is agency, the belief that you have the power and wherewithal to put the plan into action and to see it through to a successful conclusion. An important aspect of agency is willpower, so let's talk a bit about willpower. Your ability to maintain your effort and cope with obstacles is critical to your success. Willpower, therefore, is an important skill you will need to cultivate. Many of your proposed action plans will involve struggles with what researcher Kelly McGonigal of Stanford University calls the three areas of willpower, I want, I will, and I won't. You may, for example, crave ice cream sundaes, but understand that even though you want them, you shouldn't eat them. So you resolve that you will eat fruit for dessert instead of ice cream, and you won't join your friends at the ice cream shop uh, or keep ice cream in the fridge. So the first step in controlling willpower is to become aware of how it operates in your life. When do you normally face your willpower challenges, and what circumstances are you challenged? Which people challenge your willpower? You may have no willpower to stop your craving for ice cream nor any resolve to eat fruit for dessert, but you might be able to pull together the willpower to avoid stocking your fridge with tempting frozen sugar and milk. So that becomes your strategy. Willpower is a bit like a muscle. The more you work it, the stronger it gets. So you can pump up your willpower muscle through exercise and practice. But, also like muscles, willpower also gets fatigued after a while. After a bout of strenuous willpower, your reserves are depleted. You need to rest and recover before getting back on the playing field, so to speak. So the muscle analogy suggests two strategies for making willpower a more effective tool. One, you can practice willpower and make it stronger and more reliable. So get into the habit of resisting temptation. Recognize when you're being tempted by something, by an I want urge, and learn to resist it. Start with simple temptations that are relatively easy to resist. So exercise your I won't and your I will muscles, making sure that you replace maladaptive simple habits with more adaptive ones. As you build your willpower muscle, you can graduate to more challenging temptations. You start building your muscles with light weights. Then when you feel, when those lightweights feel easy, you increase the weight. You do the same with willpower challenges. Start with small willpower challenges. And as you get stronger, build up to harder and harder willpower challenges. The second strategy is a scheduling strategy. You can predict when your willpower will be strong and when it will be depleted, and schedule your day accordingly. In our playbook, we have a willpower audit, but you can do the same activity on your own. The The idea is to get a sense of how your willpower levels fluctuate during the day. When is your willpower high? When does it feel depleted? When is it you know, somewhere in between? chart these fluctuations for a week. You might chart a kind of graph from morning till bedtime that indicates fluctuations in your general willpower level. Try this for a number of days to see if the highs and low points are consistent. The resulting chart will give you a sense of how your willpower ebbs and flows during an average day. Then once you know the rhythms of your willpower levels, the the ebb and flow of your energy, you can structure your day accordingly. Schedule challenging tasks when your willpower is generally high. And avoid challenging tasks when your willpower is usually low. Don't schedule two challenging tasks in a row. The first task will deplete your willpower to the detriment of the second task. Here's an example of how my willpower ebbs and flows. I'm usually at my best in the morning, so I've learned to tackle tasks that require my highest levels of attention and willpower first thing in the morning. Then as lunchtime rolls around, my willpower starts to ebb. It starts to go down. This is the time to back off, do some chores, go for a walk, maybe even take a nap. Then I get another little spurt of increased willpower and energy around mid-afternoon. Is probably a two-hour window when I can tackle tasks that require higher levels of willpower. Often, however, by 4.30 or 5, my willpower is shot. For a while, I got into the habit of having a beer every day at 5 o'clock. My willpower was depleted, but the adrenaline of the day's activities was still pumping, and I felt the need to decompress and get ready to make dinner, eat, relax, and go to bed. But I recently resolved that a nightly beer or two was not really doing me any good. For one thing, I was developing a bit of a beer belly, which, you know, I kind of wanted to get rid of. So I changed my habit in the way we described in the previous episode. The cue was the same. I felt done and depleted by 5 o'clock, and I needed to decompress. But instead of the beer, I now take 20 to 30 minutes to practice meditating. I get a similar reward of transitioning out of the work mode and into the evening relaxation mode. And the meditation does a better job of renewing my energy and willpower. And I'm practicing meditation. I'm practicing that, the mental discipline of meditation. So your planning process should contribute to your sense of hope and confidence that you can and will craft a future for yourself that is brighter and better. You can enhance your chances of success by setting smart goals and by developing the grit and willpower to achieve them. If you're interested in the uh, MindRamp playbook, it's available for purchase on our website at www.mindramp.org. And, as always... Roger and I are available to do some coaching with you if you need help understanding the MAPS method or uh, how to use it to help you in your quest for qual longevity.